James chapter 1, verse 21. I could read the, the whole chapter. It looks really good right now, actually. But, but verse 21, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. Now, he's talking to believers, right? If you read the first part of the book, verse 2, he says, my brethren. So he's talking to Christians. So this is not talking about people receiving salvation. It's not talking about a world person in the world saying, stop sinning so you can be saved. Because I mean, no, you don't stop sinning to get saved. You get saved to stop sinning. <laughs> but sometimes saved people uh, need the slack jerked out of them. In Jesus' name. Right? And that's what, basically what Pastor James here is doing to his uh, uh, church. He says, uh, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Now you can see just by the statements already made. And by verse 2 of this chapter, that save your souls is not in reference to being born again. Sometimes people talk about salvation when my soul was saved. Well, you know, if you're talking in a general sense, soul meaning a person's life, you know, that can be accurate and that can be a truthful statement. But if we get specific to the meaning of these words, well, the Word of God is given to save the soul. In other words, they receive the implanted Word, like a seed being planted, and it's able to save the soul. How many know that has to do with your mind? has to do with your thinking, your emotional realm. has to do with your will. And so the the thing that, that we need to deal with, one of the greatest things we need to have fixed, if you will, after we get saved and receive the Lord Jesus is we need mind renewal or we need our soul saved. Our spirit's already been born again. We're already in the family of God. We have the life of God in us, but we need this implanted word. We need to get God's word in us, get it deep within us. If we'll do that, what'll happen? It'll save our soul. Amen. Is your soul saved? Well, probably a, a correct answer would be it's being saved. All right. Now, I don't mean your spirit's going to heaven, your soul's going to hell. Because <laughs> they go together, thank God. When you, when you leave your body, your spirit and soul, you know, they travel together. <laughs> uh, but in, the, in, in our life right now, our souls, our, our minds are being saved. In other words, they're being changed continually by the implantation of God's Word. But, now, anybody know what but is? We say it this way sometimes, it's always important to have your butt in the right place. In other words, this is a continuation. He's not just subject over. But, in other words, don't be satisfied just with, don't come to a place where, I just need to hear the Word. I just need to hear more word. No, he says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. Now, now, why would this even be written? Apparently, James had noticed that among those he was ministering to, not only was there, you know, some problems going on, not only he still called them brothers, 
right? That would include sisters. He still called them that, but he noticed there was filthiness and an overflow of wickedness happening in this saved bunch. And so he said, you need to receive with meekness the engrafted word, implanted word. And then also he said, but be doers of the word. Don't just listen to it. So he knew that they had a tendency. They had a leaning towards listening and being satisfied in what they had heard, period. In other words, that he knew he could get them to come to church or to read the scripture or to, you know what I'm talking about, receive the word that way. But he knew unless I warn them, unless I give them a strong directive, they will go part of the way here. They'll start to shed this overflow of wickedness by receiving the word, but they will not be able to complete it. They will not be able to completely move forward because they're going to be satisfied with hearing. They're going to think, all I need to do is hear the word, read the word, listen to another message. And he said, no, that's not going to work. You need to remember, I know this is simple, but man, this is key. You need to remember to do something and to do the right thing with the word that you hear. Because if you don't, you're going to be deceived. What do you mean you're going to be you? How does it say it? Deceiving yourselves. In other words, let's put this in a context of a, of a church setting, because that's one of not the only, but one of the places we receive the implanted word. A person could come to church, not deceived. Hear the word of God and leave deceived. Yikes. A person could read their Bible and go in without deception and at the end of it have deception. How could that happen? Well, if they hear the word and don't do the word. Well, one thing, one area I think people get deceived in is um, is they are deceived to think that just hearing the word is sufficient. If I just learn it, if I just memorize it, if I just know it, then that's enough. Then that's good. Not enough. It's never enough until we act on it. And until we act on it, we are wide open to thinking that we're good. You know what I mean by that? Thinking that I've done what's necessary to shed off wickedness, to uh, rid myself of the shackles of the flesh and of the world, when in reality, all I do is know something. Hallelujah. Often those who hear and learn and hear and learn and hear and learn and hear and learn, they are more deceived than anybody. I'm talking those who hear and learn and don't do, though. They think they know more than they do. They are deceived into thinking they're further down the road than they really are. If you ever find yourself getting annoyed with a particular message, a particular truth, particular teaching, a particular focus of Scripture, where you, you know, watch out. 
Because it just very well might be that that's the thing you need the most. And oftentimes what happens in our minds is we think, well, I know that. Well, I've heard that. I've been in that class. Well, you know, I've been saved a long time. Not like some of these people. And so what do we do? Well, you can see deception is going on there. And by the way, if something keeps seeming to come to you again and again, meaning may come here through multiple people speaking, you may hear it in other places, you may have those happen to read those verses that day, you know, it may come at you. I think that should be, you know, we're not just led by outward things, but, you know, we should be awake. If it keeps coming at us, probably stop and say, there's probably something I need to get here. Maybe something I think I know that I don't really know. Maybe something I, I or I think I'm, I'm down the road a little bit, but I'm really not as far as I ought to be. And there's something I need to pick up. How many have forgotten more than you've learned? <laughs> yeah. Generally, the things that we forget, and I'm not just talking about a certain phrase or, or a certain way of saying it, but generally the things that we forget are the things that we've heard, but we haven't done. Because when we're doing it, it's alive in us. We're doing it. You know, I, I wonder sometimes, um, you know, I hear about individuals um, going to different parts of the world. I've done a little bit of going into all the world. <laughs> most For the most part, this is my going to all the world and, and many of us. Uh, when I talk about overseas and different places, I've done a little bit of that. But uh, many times, stories I hear from individuals who have gone to remote places where the people there don't know anything have very little knowledge or no knowledge of the Lord at all. And without hardly lifting a finger, they're almost surprised by how easy it is when they just share Jesus. You know, I remember um, my sister being on a trip years ago and uh, they went to this remote place and uh, and people, uh, as they were ministering the gospel to these people, um, she said they would pray with people to be saved, to be born again. And while they were saying the prayer of salvation, receiving Jesus as their Savior, they would get healed and filled with the Spirit and speak in tongues. And it's like, I didn't even ask for that. <laughs> but we know scripturally it is a package deal. <laughs> you know, and, and we know all this. But without them even trying. Would you like to receive Jesus? Yes, receive Jesus and their blind eyes open. And all of a sudden they're speaking in tongues and they're set free. And all, the, all this good stuff. I mean, just hardly without even trying. And, and sometimes I... I you know, we've all, we all analyze this stuff. Why, why when it seems like I pray for some, some people are so, so hard to help them receive. Well, sometimes it's this. They've heard a lot. But they haven't done a lot with what they've heard. And so there's some self-deception that sets in. And now it makes it more difficult for that person to receive because they think they already have it and they think they're beyond where they're at. I mean, I don't know how many times. And I don't, mean to, I don't want to exaggerate that like it's so high, but a number of times over the years where I've tried to help someone and minister to them, they came to me to receive help with, you know, healing in their body or something of that nature. And as I instruct them, they immediately tell me what they, what they know, what they believe. And, uh, and what I'm trying to tell them, they're telling me. That person's very difficult to minister to. I mean, I don't need to prove anything, but when someone is coming to you because it's not working for them, or at least not 
by themselves. It's not working. That's Otherwise, they wouldn't come. They're, they have so far not gotten it on their own. And so they're seeking help. And that, that's smart, by the way. I think that is. If you're not getting it, we have a body. We are the body of Christ. All right. But when they come and they're going to, you know, I'm going to say this Bible says this and then they finish the sentence. <laughs> that's not a, that's person's not open to receive. And here again, often what happens is they've been taught, they've heard the word, but they haven't acted on it. The end result is self-deception. Deceived about what the very thing that they've heard. I'm kind of thinking if it's if it's not working in me, I don't know it. What other I mean, what other answer is there? Because the word of God always works. The power and presence of God always works. If you believe otherwise, good luck with the rest of your life. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? The, the person who believes there are exceptions to the rule. You know, I, I mean, some of you might be in this in this this mindset and maybe this will shock you to study more at least with hopefully it will or maybe you just get mad at me but at least you'll be shocked for those who you know the mindset of god heals some and doesn't heal others that cripples faith it's impossible to have faith in god for healing if you believe that that's why you have to receive the implanted word to save your soul it fixes that, but then once it's once you receive that word, then you act on it and things happen. It's the that that exception mindset. Oh, but but this is happening for a a, a reason. You've heard that saying, everything happens for a reason. What well, what does that I mean? What 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 does someone mean by that? Meaning, does that mean in your mind, if something negative happens to you, that there was a divine purpose from God behind it? Because that will cripple your faith. That will seriously create an inability to receive from God if you believe that. Why is that the case? There has to be in us an understanding of God's all-inclusive love, of the all-inclusive sacrifice of Jesus, that He is no respecter of persons, that what He does for one, He'll do for another. There has to be a whosoever will mindset in our approach to God. Only then are we included in it. If I don't have a whosoever mindset about God, that God so loved the world and that includes me, that Jesus died for the sins of the world and that includes me, that stripes were put upon Jesus' back for our healing and that includes me, huh? that Jesus became poor that we might be made rich and that includes me. And everything else, we can say. if it doesn't, in, if it's not an all-encompassing, all-inclusive understanding of the work of God, then you will always be one of the ones who's on the outside of it. I mean, even if it's even if there's a 99% belief, meaning I believe Jesus wants 99% of the people to be saved. If he wants 99% to be healed and helped and blessed, guess what? You know who the 1% is? It's you. Sorry, bad news. It's you. 
and it'll always be you. What do you mean? What do you mean it'll always be me? That'll be your thought. But what if? But what if it's not me? But what if? And the enemy, the devil, will help you to think that way. He'll say, it's you. (laughs) It's you. You're not going to get it. And just that seed, just like the seed of God's word produces faith in our heart, the seed of an of a opposite of God's word puts doubt in our heart. And that is the very thing that hinders folks from receiving. Hallelujah. I didn't plan on saying all that, but it's kind of good anyway. Amen. Here, here's, here's what's in my heart. And I just, I shouldn't take too long to say this, but... Uh, We've got to look for something to act on. Not just look for something else to learn. I just need a little more revelation. Well, you know, I understand that because I, I seek revelation. I want more revelation. I want my eyes open wide. But it should be with this mindset. I want revelation to act on something. I've shared this before in a different context. But some of you might remember, I, uh, I don't have this the exact quotes in front of me, but I read after an individual who had looked at many different languages around the world, and they said uh, a certain percentage of them or a large number of languages around the world, there was the same word for believing and obeying or doing, something like that. Believing and, and obeying. In other words, there wasn't two things. It was just the same word. And if you tried to separate it, you couldn't. And how that, uh, those words being separate in our language can be somewhat of a hindrance to us. Because we think, I believe this. Well, I'm not doing it yet, but I believe this. When the reality is, no, you don't. Let's put them back together. Believing is doing. And if I believe something, that's how I act. That's how I live. You know, it's one thing to say, I believe that I'm healed. And it's another thing to believe that you're healed. What do I mean? Act on it. To live that way. But we separate it to our own demise. And we think we can believe something and then live a different way. And we would take personal offense if someone said, oh, you know, you don't believe that. Oh, yes, I do. No, you don't. Yes, I do. I believe it. And then quotes, we'll quote scriptures. <laughs> Why? Because we've been hearers of the word. That we've separated it and we don't do it. Hallelujah. Let's finish this thought here. Wherever it went. Verse 23, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, then goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. In other words, this is in reference to we hear the word and then forget it. Remember the sower, the farmer that planted the word, the person, what they sought there, what they needed was understanding. They didn't get understanding. The word was taken away from immediately. So we can't just have a quick glance. I heard that. It was good. I said amen and woohoo. 
I like what, uh, uh, when some of you might have experienced this, but when Jim was here, Jim Hockaday, a few months ago, and he was telling me, I said, he said, I started making it a practice whenever I preach that I'll talk to people afterwards and I'll, and because, you know, people will say, hey, you know, that was a really good message, good word. And he said, I'll ask them what specifically. I don't know if he did that with anyone in here. Uh, uh, he'll say, what specifically? Now, he's not really just trying to embarrass them or anything, but sometimes we get in a habit and he's trying to learn actually himself. He told me, I want to know what works for people. Uh, but we get in the habit of just thinking, man, that was good. In other words, I felt good about it. Uh, maybe I was a little bit entertained. I stayed awake and, you know, <laughs> uh, and I had a glad I went and everything. And all those things are positive. But what specifically spoke to you that you could translate immediately into action? What did you find that you could do something with? In other words, believe. Uh, in verse 25, but he who looks into the perfect law of, law of liberty and continues in it, that's a key there, huh? Not just glancing, not just a quick look and then look back. Continues in it uh, and is not a forgetful here, but a what? A doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. That's a powerful statement. I mean, how many want to be blessed in what they, what they do? I mean, we do. I mean, blessed. What does that mean? That means a lot of good stuff. It's the opposite of cursed. This person, this person will be blessed in what they do. Which one? The one who's a doer. One who finds a word from God with the full intent. I'm going to get it and I'm going to do it. I'm going to hear it. I'm going to read it. I'm going to understand it. And I'm going to immediately, I'm going to adapt my life to it and live according to it from this point on. That person gets blessed. Let's not have the mindset or allow ourselves to slip into this mindset where whenever we have, uh, you know, a hardship or something, I need to get people to pray for me. Look for a word to act on. Not just, I'm going to not act, I'm not going to do anything, I'm not going to act on God's word. Instead of acting on God's word, I'm going to go the prayer chain route. Get as many people as I can to pray for me. Well, why would we do that when we can, we found out from here that this is the person that's blessed. So if I want to be blessed, I just need to find a word that I can act on. I know it can be kind of scary, but sometimes you... We just go out there, step out on a limb and say, Lord, give me a word. As soon as you, whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do it. Whatever you reveal to me. And don't, don't prerequisite that by, if Jesus tells me in a vision, I have to know it's you, Lord. And we set, set the bar so high that it has to be lightning in the heavens and a rainbow and a unicorn show up or something. <laughs> You know, we create this expectation. I have to know it's you, God. So it's got to be this spectacular experience. And if it's not that, then we're not going to take it as a word from God. We're not going to act on it. <laughs> be simple. The Lord reveals things to us. And many times it's not spectacular. It's just written. <laughs> it's just, you know it. Lord, whatever you say to me, whatever you reveal to me, whatever you show me, 
I'm going to do it. I'm thinking he's not casting his pearls before swine now. I mean, why would he give pour out revelation upon revelation upon revelation to a person who never does anything with it? That's not a good use of resources. But for the person who truly, and he'll take you at your word. He'll take your step of faith. The person who truly says, Lord, whatever you say to me, you show me. Because I need your help and I need to know. And you know everything and I know very little. And show me. And as soon as you show me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live according to it from this point on. Hmm, I think you're a good seed. I, think, I mean, I think you're good ground for a seed to plant and grow and produce something powerful. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. And I have a stirring inside. Close your eyes tonight. Hallelujah. Hesti frangi testodonji kinasai. Estodonche estikanasimadroch. Anstili shakoda tarateka disha kerala pradaman jikidi vravushti kerala batskis. Prastivenche mensti pradishka pratavostopatefasias. And there has been a longing, a yearning, and a hunger for more. There's been a desire to go and see things that they've never, that some have never seen before. But take my word, hear the things that I say, and and act on it. Rise up, and let it come out of your own mouth. Begin to speak, and say, the Lord is at work in my life today. The Lord is at work in my life today. For I will take those things that I've said and I'll birth them inside of you. And from there, by my spirit, you'll be led to go out, to do, to invest, to put your hand to something new. And when you do, my presence and my favor will be all around you. And you'll find yourself coming up. You'll find yourself stepping out into a place of success. And in your heart there will be no doubt. And others will see and they'll glorify me. Others will look upon and say, what was I doing wrong? There's something there. There's something real. There's something about you that I can... I can see it's the it's the glory of God that's all around you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. This will be observed. This will be observed. This will be observed. Thank you for that seed planted inside of us. Mm. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. There's more of this to come. There's more of this to come. And in our hearts, in our spirits, even tonight, some things have begun. Some things have begun. They're beginning to take shape. They're beginning to unfold. Oh, thank you, Lord. They're beginning. They're beginning to reveal, to be revealed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm, praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Ha. 
Ote Basni Mangelo Rividi Clare Munste Bravene Mustikeas. The word in your heart, the word in your heart, planted deep within, mm, it releases you from shame, it releases you from sin. The desires mm, that were wrong, that are wrong, that are ungodly, that are not right. My word is setting you free from those tonight. <laughs> and you'll begin to think different about that. You'll begin, to, you'll begin to think different about those things that have held you back, that have kept you in bondage, that have, that have held you down. You'll think different. Oh, the seed of God's word now, now, now breaks those things off. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Huh. It's been a real bondage. It's been a real struggle for some. It's been a real struggle, but right now, tonight, bam, it's released. Listen to the Spirit of God inside. His words make you free. And His words give you ability where you didn't have it before. You struggled against, like fighting against the tide. Mm. And now with the power of His Word, the power of His presence inside, you've got a strength. You've got a fortitude. You've got a, an ability that wasn't there before. It wasn't in yourself. It wasn't in your flesh. Thank you, Lord, for setting these free. Thank you, Lord, they're released from that captivity. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God. Yeah, Satan lost that one. <laughs> Thought he had a few people in here. Thought he had them. <laughs> but he doesn't. He lost that one. You just got free. Oh, praise God. You just got free. Oh, praise God. You just got free. <laughs> praise God for your divine ability. Not an overflow of wickedness anymore. But an overflow of righteousness. An overflow of love and grace. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hmm. We give you glory. We give you honor and praise. Oh, praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for what you're doing and what you have done in this place tonight. Thank you for being at work in us. Oh, we give you glory and praise. We magnify your name.